upright and wholesome in his sight. And so we want God to bless him and use him. And I know time's slipping away, so I'm not going to take any time here so he won't feel rushed. I don't want him to feel rushed. You want to feel rushed? No, we don't want to feel rushed. We got plenty of time. 721. I mean, the world don't even get started to midnight. So you know what? So we got plenty of time. Let's love God in this house. Let's give him. He's not a stranger to this pulpit tonight. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome here tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't it great to be in the house of God here tonight? No other place I would rather be than here in the house of God with those of like precious faith. I'm going to pull a brother Troy forward tonight. I'm going to sing a little chorus. I love to sing. I'm not as good as most of you, but I love to do it unto the Lord. Like I told Brother McCain one night, I said, Brother, he's still working on me. But we're thankful here tonight. I'm going to sing Willing Vessel. I'm just going to sing the chorus. I want to be a willing vessel, a vessel you can use. I want to be a willing vessel. The instrument you choose I want to empty of myself Available to you Let me be a willing vessel Be a willing vessel Be a willing vessel You can use Help me sing it tonight I want to be a willing vessel, a vessel you can use. Lord, that's me. I want to be a willing vessel, the instrument you choose. I want to empty myself. I want to empty of myself, available to you. Let me be a willing vessel. time hallelujah yeah, I want to be a willing vessel tonight we want to be a willing vessel of his I'm thankful to be here at this sacred desk here tonight thank you Pastor Moore for this opportunity because I am truly nothing without him if you got your Bibles here tonight while you're standing if you will go to Exodus chapter 30 verse 22 going to read down to verse 33. I know last time I had a lengthy reading also and my sister-in-law corrected me. She said that there was an evangelist that come through their church and he always says when he has a lengthy reading, he said, you might not remember anything I said, 
But his word, when it goes out, it does not come back void. And that just blessed me, and I'm going to remember that from now on. So I'm just going to read long, long scriptures every time. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, Exodus chapter 30, verse, starting at verse 22. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take, the, take thou also unto the principal spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even two hundred and fifty shekels, and of sweet calamus, two hundred and fifty shekels, and of cassia, five hundred shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil, olive, in him. And thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table of all his vessels, and the candlestick and his vessels, an altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all his vessels, and the laver at his foot. And thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall ye make any other like it. After the composition of it, it is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. Whosoever compounded any like it, or whatsoever putteth any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from his people. If you will, lay your Bibles down here tonight. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer that he'll help us here tonight. Righteous God of heaven, we come before you here tonight. We're thankful, Lord God, for this opportunity, Lord God, to come before your people, Lord God. Lord, not that I am any better than anyone here, Lord God, but I am a willing vessel, willing to be used of you. God, as you speak through me unto your people, Lord God, to your children, oh Lord. Oh God, for you have spoken it to me already, Lord God. Oh God, it's not just for, for me or others, oh God, it's for all of us here tonight. Lord, and we're listening to every word that you have to say unto us. Use me, anoint me, oh God, for I am nothing without you you, Lord. Anoint my voice, anoint my hands and my feet. Oh God, this temple belongs to you, Lord God. I ask that you would reach out, oh God, into this congregation here tonight. Stir hearts and souls and lives, oh God, that we will leave here changed, renewed, made whole in you, oh God. We are thankful, oh God, for this opportunity here tonight. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you to my dear wife for all that she does. The title of my message here tonight is going to be When the Anointing Fills the Vessel. When the Anointing Fills the Vessel. As we look at chap Exodus chapter 30, and these verses that I brought out to you here tonight, it was talking about the temple and the layout of the temple. And you might think, well, why is there so many details and why is there so much that's, that's said throughout Exodus and through these chapters? Church, God, if any old thing, if any old way would, would do, then anything that is done would, would work. But God set up a plan for us that we must follow after. 
And no, I don't understand exactly why he used some things, but that's the way he set it up, and that's the way it's going to be done. That's the way that we're going to follow after it. Every word that's written in this word of God, we must apply it to our hearts because this is exactly what we will be judged out of when we hear him stand before him and long to hear him say, well done. As we look at the anointing, as I start with that here tonight, as I looked up the definition of anointing, it kept bringing me back to pure, to holy. It kept bringing me back to Him. When you look at the definition of anointing, and all throughout the Word of God, as men of God were anointed, ministers, and just like Aaron and his sons to minister, they had to be anointed. And not just with anything, but with oil that he instructed. Here he brought out oil, olive oil. And the, and the purest of it, virgin oil, if you will. Something that is not a stink unto his nostrils. An anointing that flows forth out of wholesome vessels as we go into the story of Esther and it brought out when she was selected to be the next queen they prepared her I think it was 10 months maybe a year I can't remember exactly I apologize for that but it was a long time and there was a procedure that she must go through. And the one thing that caught my eye was the oil, the myrrh that she would bathe in, be saturated in, to make her, to present her as beautiful unto the king. And as I began to think and pray on that thought, that's exactly what God is doing for us. He's preparing us and He wants to saturate us with the anointing to make us beautiful unto Him. Make us beautiful unto the world and those that we are around. To stand out, Brother Keith, in a foreign country among those that do not believe the same way that we do. To make us stand out and the anointing to flow forth out of us. That it does not flow out of those that believe in Allah and Buddha. And all these other gods. That they have come up with. And that they pray to on a daily basis. And we venture over into James. Chapter 5 where it talks about calling on the elders of the church. Brother Moore, here again we see the elders of the church. And I believe it's for a reason. Those that have the anointing flowing forth from them. Those that have, might have been there in situations that you've been in before. Those that can lift up your name in prayer when you are in need. 
the ones that have fought a fight, maybe even one that you are going through at the time, when we come up here to the front and to get the anointing oil placed upon our heads to allow God to move and work in a mighty way. And the elders help us prepare a way through every, every situation that we must face. Those that have fought the fight for us. I wanted to bring this out here tonight because it, it, I, to me it's an honor. And again, by no means am I trying to praise me, but I just want to bring out something. My wife is a fifth generation apostolic. And I am a third generation apostolic. But pastor, without the anointing, that means nothing. Without the anointing, I might could just walk around and brag about it. But without the anointing, my generation will fade off. Without the anointing, my children, the next generation, will not have something to grab hold of. Will not have something that our forefathers have cleared the path and the way for us. Without the apostolic doctrine buried and down deep into our hearts, we are nothing. We represent Him with the anointing. As we look at David, King David, he was anointed by God to lead the country because Saul was the king chosen by the people. The people wanted a king. So God gave them a king. But there's a great difference between Saul and David. Especially there towards the end. David was anointed. The prophet come to Jesse's house. To anoint the next king. And we all know the story as the brothers came. They just knew that it was going to be the strongest, the tallest, the more fit. That that looked like a soldier. That that looked like a king. And he's, the prophet said, no, he's not here. The king's not here. Do you, do you have another son, Jesse? And it's like he, he almost forgot about him. He said, oh yeah, he, I, I got one. He's in the field. Watching over the sheep, David. Go get him. Get him. Bring him. And we all know the story. That, God, that was God's man. That was the next king. And he anointed his head. And God be, began to create and clear a path for him. And the battles that he had to fight, even with the king, Saul. When he knew all along that he was anointed by the prophet. When all alone he knew that he was going to be the next king, he did not lay a hand on the king. He did not lay a hand on the man that was holding the position. Because he was anointed by God. There was a pure and holy righteousness in him that he had respect for the position. That he had respect for, for the seat that the, that the man sat in. 
even though he knew that he was chosen by God. There's going to be times that we're going to face certain situations. Even when we know that God has promised us a situation. Even though we know that God has anointed us for that fight that we're going to have to fight. When there is someone standing there before us, we're not going to cut their legs out from under them. We're not going to throw them aside and kick them off in the ditch. We're going to wait our time because we are anointed by God. There is pure oil flowing forth out of our vessels. Oh, I've come to tell you that we're standing out in this world. We're standing out in this confused generation. There should be anointing on your life. There should be anointing flowing over you on a daily basis. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your anointing. Jesus' name. As we start and look at a vessel... A vessel defines an object that can be used to hold or contain a certain thing. Different containers are used for different things. Glass, clay, wood, whatever it may be of the object that it's holding and that it needs to maybe protect from weather or storms or situations. You are a vessel that God has chosen. He has chosen that pure and holy vessel that you would be anointed and used of Him. That you would represent Him. The Bible likens us unto a vessel because we hold something we can hold something that is so sacred. Certain clay vessels have been buried and stored away. Even maybe even steel vessels to store scrolls or different maps or documents from our past and from the things of yesterday, our history. And that's exactly how God labels us in the Bible. He labels you as a vessel. A vessel that will bottle up a pure oil. An oil that is not contaminated. An anointing that can flow out when it needs to. You might have come broken. Your vessel may have been broken and undone. You may have been shattered. But he's that potter on the potter's wheel. And he's making you and he's molding you into what he's, what he's preparing you for. The situation that's down the road, the certain situation that you're going to have to face on the job, are in that family situation that you're going to have to go through. We're going to be that vessel that He wants to feel. The Holy Ghost. The anointing. You know, I could get up here 
And I could give you a beautiful speech. And I could sing you a beautiful song. But without the anointing, it's nothing. Without the anointing flowing forth out of me. And I don't mean this hurtful in any way. But I'm just being honest. There are certain ones that maybe to me, to what I thought, was not very pretty. It was not very good to my ears. But when the anointing began to flow, when that vessel come willing to be used of God, when that vessel come, maybe it was a, a snotty, crying song that they brought. Maybe it was a testimony that they brought to you. A certain situation that they went through. But when the anointing began to flow and the power of God began to move and flow out of that vessel, how beautiful it was. How beautiful it began to flow forth and touch each and every heart and every life and every soul. I've come to tell you, you don't have to go to the best music college. You don't have to go to the, to the best college where they lead you and guide you to be a good speaker, to be used of God. It's the anointing that flows forth out of the vessel. If you'll come willing, when you go out and leave this church house, when you go in, into the doors behind closed doors in your family, it's how you act in those situations. It's what you say in those circumstances. It's what you say in those heated moments. It's what you do in that situation where others are watching you that represents the vessel that he's wanting to use. The anointing that flows forth out of you. Oh church, I've come to tell you we are nothing without him. I am nothing but a broken down clay. I'm nothing but a clump of clay that is yet willing to be used. That's willing to be molded of him. Because I am nothing without him. Woo. Jesus name. If we come broken to him. If we will come laying out. God here I am. Lord, I can do nothing without you. God, I need you working and moving in my life. God, I can't, I can't make it one more moment without you. If I'll come before him humbly, if I'll come before him laying down this old man, if I'll come before him willing to sacrifice my job that's making a lot of money, if I'm willing to come before Him and say, God, I'm giving you my all. I want you more than my next breath. I want you more than my next heartbeat. Oh, He'll continue to move. He'll, he'll reach down, oh God, into that low place. He'll reach down, oh God, where you're broken and undone. He'll reach down into that situation where you feel like you are a nothing and a nobody. He'll reach down into your depths of your heart and reach down into that broken heart, into that broken life, and that troubled storm that you're in. And He will turn that situation around for you in the nick of time. I got, my wife helped me get some things together.
Hopefully I don't make a mess, but I'll clean it up, Pastor, if I do. As I begin to think about vessels, and I think about certain situations that's broke me down, certain situations that I didn't think I was going to make it through, certain things that seemed to shatter me. Things that I didn't know what I was going to do. But God began to work through me. And he reminded me that I can do nothing on my own. Church, when you come before him broken, and we look at this vase, and we say there's no way that that could be put back together. We look at the, the cutting edges of the glass that might cut others because we're hurt, that we're bitter. Those edges and that, that glass that's sticking out that could cut me, that could cut others when I get around them and, and, and filth and hurt comes from, from my mouth, Pastor, because deep down I'm hurt. And nobody knows what I'm going through. This is the worst thing I've ever experienced. This is the worst thing that I've ever faced. And the guy that I meet at the hardware store, he don't, he don't know what I'm going through. When I'm trying to keep a smile on my face, and I'm trying to do the best that I can to hold it all together, he don't see the heart. He don't see that broken vessel. He don't see those sharp edges. But God reaches down. And he says, I'm going to put it together. And we all know that I can't put this together here tonight, but I'm just using it as an example. And he puts it right back. All the edges meet just right. All those sharp edges lay into one another. Like a tongue and groove. And he places it all back together. Because before... Pastor, if he, if he reached down to pour that oil in when it was broken, what would it, would it have done? It would have ran out. I would have not have held that anointing oil that he was trying to pour in me because I was broken and I was undone. But when he put me together, when he put me together, I was like new. And when he begins to pour the oil in me, I begin to hold that anointing. I begin to hold that message that he's laid on my heart. That now when that guy comes in the hardware store, now when I'm smiling, I can tell him the goodness of God. I can tell him, hey, I've been made whole. Before when you seen me, I was hurt. Before when you seen me, I was undone. I was broken and I didn't think there was any way out. But now, I've got the anointing. And now when the waters get troubled, that oil is going to flow out of me. 
that anointing is going to flow out of me. Where before, all I held was nasty and hurt. All I heard was words that I shouldn't say. All I held was, was an attitude that I shouldn't spread. But now I've got an anointing in a new vessel. I've got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. That when, I'm, when the waters get troubled, the oil's going to flow out. And it's going to run out. And there's going to be goodness. And there's going to be mercy that flows forth out of me. Because I'm a new vessel. I'm a willing vessel to be used of Him. I'm a temple willing to be used of God. Come on, I want you to see tonight. I want you to see tonight that He can take that brokenness. And He can put it back together. No, I can't. Not by myself. I can't do it. Oh, but with Him. With Him helping me. Oh, He can restore it. He can put it all back together. Every little piece that fell off and I couldn't pick up. Every piece that was laying on the ground as I bust this this evening. Oh, God, all those pieces that went astray and my daughter and my wife had to help me pick up. Oh, I couldn't put it back, but He can. Oh, God, but He reaches down and He reaches down into this vessel that I am. This willingness that I'm coming before Him. And He says, I'm going to make you new. I'm going to make you brand new because you're going to hold something. You're going to hold something that the world needs. You're going to hold something that this community needs I wish you'd hear me tonight I'm trying to reach out to you oh you are and you can be that willing vessel that he's wanting to use he can you can be exactly what he wants you to be Woo, hallelujah I told this story here one time and it was brought back to my attention in studying and preparing for this message Many of you know Mr. Albert Earl Santa Cruz. He was the public commissioner for the Mississippi Highway Patrol. He lived in Van Cleve, and I've seen him often. And after he retired, he began to do little knickknacks, and he loved to restore vehicles and, and put, put together things that was, that was broken, things that other people rejected. But the one thing that stood out to me, Pastor, that, I, that really blessed me, he talked about an old vase or an old bowl that his mother had. And she gave it to him before she passed away. And it meant a lot to him. When one day he was cleaning or moving some things and that bowl fell. He said, and it shattered into what seemed like a thousand pieces. But because it meant so much to him, he didn't just sweep it into a dustpan and go throw it in the trash can. He said, I'm going to put it out on this table that I put things together and restore things and I'm going to put this bowl back together. He said, and would you believe every piece that I picked up was there? And, he, and this is what really stood out to me. He said, other people looked at it and said, there's no way I would have took the time to put that together. And it's, it's ugly. It, it's been shattered. He said, but to me it meant so much more. It was worth the time and the hours that I put into that vessel, into that vase to get it just right, just like it was before. That's exactly the way that God looks, that God looks at you, church. Times you have messed up and you have stumbled and you have fallen. You may have done something in a situation maybe nobody else knows about it but you. 
God's willing to take you and put you back together. He's willing to form back that brokenness that you are, the thousands of pieces that you are. He loves you that much here tonight to sit down and take the time to put it all back together because He has a mission for you. He has a purpose for you in this life. If the musicians would come. I told Brother Moore this story here the other day. We were in Kenya, Africa, and we were at a church. It was under a tent. It was there at a, at a school grounds. And there was a teacher there, and she had two children that had been diagnosed with sickle cell anomia. And you could tell they looked, they looked very, very poor, and, and I don't mean this in an ugly way. I'm just trying to describe it kind of pot-bellied. And their eyes were, were, were very red and bloodshot. And if many of you have seen pictures or know about sickle cell, uh, the pain and the agony that it causes a person, it's almost, it's like sickles in your, in your blood vessels flowing. And, and every little thing that you bump or bend, it hurts. And the pain that, that, that you will go through. And these were two very small children. And this mother was a school teacher making very little money and she could not afford to go to the doctor as often as she would like to for her children's sake well there at the end of service we prayed for several people and we even prayed for these but Bishop Ocho he said I really want to pray for these children I feel moved that God wants to touch them but what really stood out to me was not the children. What stood out to me was the brokenness of that mother. As she brought her two children that she could not help. Those two children that were innocent. And something that they had was not their fault. The brokenness of that mother that she wanted and desired for her children to be healed so they would no longer be in pain and agony. I'm sure at night she held them as they cried with pain, even as she held them and tried to pull them tight. They say, Mama, that hurts. Mama, that's, there's pain there. Don't do that. The brokenness of that mother... The brokenness in us. And I told that mother after we prayed, I said, Sister, God sees, God sees your brokenness. And I'm speaking by faith to you that He's going to move in this situation for you because you have come to Him broken. The way that we respond, church. The way we respond to Him is everything. It moves Him. It moves Him when we come before Him broken. Jesus. 
I wish I could deliver this the way I felt it tonight. I wish I could show you exactly what I'm seeing. I'm seeing broken vessels that have been shattered. I'm seeing broken vessels. And I don't know I don't have to know exactly what it is that's going on and what's been going on. But you have come to a place. You have come to a house where there's a potter on the potter's wheel. And you might look like a clump of clay. You may look like a glass vase that has been shattered. You may be a wooden chest that has been shredded to splinters. But there is something that my God can do for you here tonight. He can fill you with the Holy Ghost. He can turn your situation around. You may already have the Holy Ghost. But you have stumbled and you have fallen. You've been broken. Bring it to Him once again. These altars are open here tonight. Just bring this vessel. Bring this broken vessel to Him. Because I promise you, He's going to put it back together. He's going to restore you. He's going to restore you tonight. He can make you whole. He can make you into a vessel that the anointing can flow forth out of. Because there's going to be times, there's going to be situations that we're going to need Him. You're that treasure chest that can hold a treasure here tonight. You can leave here, it's changed. You can leave here restored and renewed. Come on, church, cry out to Him here tonight. Lay your all, lay your everything down before Him here tonight. Lord, I bring everything I am to You, Lord. Oh, God. Lord, let the anointing flow. Let the Holy Ghost flow through You tonight. Let Him restore you. Let Him make you whole. Let Him make you complete. I promise you, you can leave different than you came tonight. I'm talking to everybody here tonight. No matter the situation, no matter the storm that you're in, reach out to Him. Call out to Him here tonight. He's moving. He's working. He's repairing what what man said could not be repaired. He's restoring what no man said could be restored. Oh, the name of Jesus. Oh, as we sing to Him tonight. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank God. Work and move here tonight. Oh, I'm crying out to You, Lord. I'm crying out to You, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Move and work right now. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, name. Oh, Everything I am is torn apart. 
Lord. He's here to make hold of
the name. Jesus, Speak the Jesus, name. Jesus, oh. Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling you.
Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling you. 
somebody say, Jesus, Jesus, say Jesus, 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 I'm calling you, say Jesus, Jesus, say Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling you, might not, might not be worth much. But I'm still willing, Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling you. My God, my not be worth it. But I'm still willing, but I'm still willing, Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling you. My God, my not be worth it. But I'm still willing. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Aren't you glad for Jesus? He's the mender of broken He hearts. picks up all the fragments. Broken vessels. And he can put it all back together. Because the Bible calls him the author and finisher. Amen. We may feel at times that we're not much. But he thought you was worth a dying over. And he bared the cross for each and every one of us. That we could win this race. And finish this course. Thank you brother Ferguson for the word of God tonight. Amen. Man this vessel. I want to become a willing vessel. Amen. That's willing to be put back together. To hold that anointing. And the power of God and his word. To allow it to flow through us. God bless you. You may be seated. Love and appreciate you tonight. Each one of you. Praying for one another. We're living in a world that's so broken. So torn up. So messed up. But God's help. With God's blessing. Strengthen each one of us. To help us to help them. In the world. The times that we're living in. I'm telling you. The world's in a, in a fix. They need good strong believers like you. Man, to walk in among them, to be a testimony of God's love, a testimony of God's goodness, working among us and through us. Amen. We don't claim to be doing everything so perfect. We got everything just right under our thumbs. But I tell you what, we know the one that will help us. Amen. The Bible called him the strength of Israel. And so he's our strength here tonight to strengthen us and to help us and to guide us. To be victorious in this old world that we're living in. Praise God. God's been good. God's been good to America. Amen. I want to be in it to the end. How about you? Amen. God bless you. All right. Birthdays. Got any birthdays? Okay. Sister Natalie. Amen. All right. We've got a few up here, don't we? All right. Okay. All right. Y'all ready? Amen. Sister Melissa, Brother Ernie, Brother Josh, Sister Mallory, Sister Olivia. Praise God. Good thing we got a list up tonight. 
Praise the Lord. All right. Blessing on each and every one of them. Thank God for birthdays. All right. I know we don't have no anniversaries until the end of the month. Praise God, unless we don't know about some. But anyway, all right. Why don't you stand together? We're going to ask God to bless the food and fellowship tonight. Let you just kind of slip on into the back to do the fellowship of tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I got them this morning. Okay, <laughs> Amen. They, they, you want to introduce him again tonight? <laughs> they telling me to get the baby. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank God for Riley tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's right. Love and appreciate you. Let's pray and ask a blessing. God, we love you and appreciate you tonight. So thankful for the testimonies and for the word of God, the power of your touch and the hearts and the souls in this house tonight. As you bless and strengthen and guide us throughout this week, help us, God. Let that anointing to settle down upon our minds, our hearts and spirit, to use us as you see fit. We ask you to bless the hands and prepare this meal. We receive it with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.